0: ResourceCast is back this week with answers to some of the hard questions on how to produce, trade and consume natural resources. I am Hari Tulsidas, your host for the show. If you have a comment or a question, please leave me a message through email or leave a public comment on Reddit. The details are available on the show notes. Today is 22nd March 2020, since we have this coronavirus pandemic raging in its Full veracity in most countries of the world, it will be good that we continue our discussion about COVID 19. As the world moves to social distancing and lockdowns, we have to think how the end game of this pandemic. Will be whether it will be a two to three weeks short lockdown or a protracted 18 month lockdown as some countries model 18 months is a extreme extent of a lockdown and it has been suggested in the US and I assume this time period is roughly what we need vaccine to be developed and made available to a large population of a country. Now the question is, if it is a short lockdown of two to three weeks or even eight weeks, perhaps the economy will get a significant impact, but there will be still room for the economy to rebound back. But what happens when this extended lockdowns of 18 months and so will create in the economy. Collapsing economies will leave nations in no good position to fight the epidemic if there is going to be a total disaster, a kind of civilizational breakdown of the society. Many other difficult situations will emerge, conflicts will come, which will exacerbate whatever that is happening today. Nations will be at war, and we are already seeing signs of some countries starting to have diplomatic spats over some of the questions related with the coronavirus response. We also see that even in countries within an uniform dispension like the European Union, refusing to cooperate greatly in fighting this pandemic. So social distancing and protracted lockdowns will most likely will not have a very good outcome. There are only few jobs which could be done from homes. Many of our heavy industries as well as service sector requires people to be on the site for the job to be done effectively. So virtual lockdown of cities and the whole countries as we have started to see now will have a very lasting impact on the economy. The question is, can this be done differently? Can we have an end game that can be different? Let us discuss a few possibilities. Today, research is emerging that there are two strains of this COVID-19 disease-creating virus called SARS-CoV-2. The two strains are known as L and S types. Usually when the outbreak starts, as we have seen in Wuhan, South Korea, Italy, Spain, Iran, etc., there is a tendency for the L type to dominate. And the L type is a virulent form of the virus. The S type on the other hand, is a more ancestral form of the virus. The strain of the virus that has come immediately from an animal like bat or pangolin. So when in Wuhan, when this outbreak started, it is likely that the L-type dominated. And so there were a lot of fatalities initially. And when social distancing and clampdown started, the field for the virus to transmit became narrower and evolutionary pressures favored the less virulent type, that is the S type, to dominate. So what we see is when this epidemic progresses, the virulent type gives away to the less virulent type. So the L type gives way to the S type. Today we see that Wuhan and uh, most of the rest of China has controlled this epidemic to a large extent. But Italy and Spain are areas of concern, whereas we are starting to see more difficult situations emerging in UK, France, and few other European countries plus the US. Lockdowns have started long back in Italy and few other places, but they are not showing any signs of Bringing some success as it, all the countries are still continuing to have an exponential growth, and we have heard a lot about exponential growth these days. Resource cast in the previous episodes had talked about many features of natural systems. Natural systems are complex in essence and exponential growth, feedbacks, delays, emergence, adaptations, etc. are features of such complex systems. We have to remember that the major feature of a natural system is not just exponential growth, but also a factor known as delay. Everything happens after a certain period of time in natural systems. So let us take the coronavirus. This has an incubation time of 1 to 14 days and the most common midpoint is about 5 days. So any actions such as lockdowns, social distancing and other control measures will show even a small impact only after 5 days. But in that 5 days, the virus could have gone on to infect a large number of other people and those people will be showing the symptoms of this disease 5 days later and all these cases will start emerging out or coming into the open after a few weeks of delay. And we have to also remember that a small percentage of those who are infected by coronavirus will need hospitalization. And in a few unfortunate cases, death will also follow. That also takes some time from the first symptoms to appear to go into a serious condition and finally to the death. So any control measures... Will take its own time to demonstrate a visible impact on the control of the disease. After more than five weeks of social distancing, as in Wuhan, infection could be seen peaking, and it took another three weeks for the leveling to become stable and then start to contract. So it is about two months in total after they started the control measures in China that this infection came totally under control. And also remember, Wuhan started the lockdown on 23rd of January. That was a time when the infections seemingly was in a linear manner rather than in an exponential growth manner. So they started the control measures well before the exponential growth started. And this helped in controlling the the epidemic to a large extent. We know that even a one-day delay in starting the lockdown will increase the infection by 40%. Many countries such as UK and US have already entered the exponential growth phase. And this makes it difficult for the infection to be controlled even in eight weeks or so. And also remember that we have these two strains, L and S, that will complicate the matter further. The L strain will dominate before the controls are in place and will have evolutionary pressure from the less- virulent S-strain when the controls come into place. But the impact of L-strain will remain for few weeks even after controls come into effect. The amount of growth allowed for L-strain will increase the fatalities and this will continue for at least three weeks after controls are in place. After the ever-present delay, infection could rebound after social distancing restrictions are removed. So this Chinese method of strict controls may not be effective in many countries, as we have seen in Iran, Italy, Spain, etc. And it will not bring a permanent solution to the pandemic. What is needed today is not flattening the curve, which is a temporary measure. And it could give some time for the country to prepare to bring in more lasting solutions. What we need is bending the curve. Only South Korea, as of today, has shown effectively how to bend the curve. Germany also could be following this example, but it will take one week or more to see what happens in Germany. How did these countries achieve this? We know the practices and techniques which South Korea has done because everything was very transparent and very much available for us to dissect thoroughly today. South Korea's recent efforts at slowing the spread of COVID-19 shows what it actually means to bend the curve. On February 21, the country had 21 new confirmed cases of the illness that grew to 449 by February 27 in a week's time. Just one more week later, there were 909 cases of coronavirus. The authorities moved quickly to roll out extensive testing, tracing and isolation measures as well as innovative drive through testing areas. On March 3rd, the number of new daily cases fell to 686 and the figure declined further to 131 just a week later. In the recent days, that positive trend has generally continued. Over the past week, the number of new daily confirmed cases had gone above 100 only twice. The cumulative number of confirmed cases in South Korea stood at 8,897 today, of which 5,825 are currently in isolation and 2,900. Nine have recovered. The vast majority of COVID-19 cases were in the city of Daegu, but authorities are also closely monitoring other small cluster of infection in Seoul. Effective testing, tracing and isolation are key to bending the curve. South Korea's coronavirus response is the opposite of China's and it is working very well. The fatality rate is probably less than 1% and could be much lower. The linchpin of South Korea's response has been a testing program that screened more people per capita for the virus than any other country by far. By carrying out up to 15,000 tests per day, the health officials have been able to screen some 300,000 people or about one in every 200 South Koreans since January. To encourage participation, Testing is free for everyone referred by a doctor or displaying symptoms after a recent contact with a confirmed case or travel to China. For anyone simply concerned about the risk of infection, the cost is relatively affordable, roughly about 135 US dollars. The testing is available at hundreds of clinics as well as some 50 drive-through testing stations that took their inspiration from past counterterrorism drills and screen suspected patients in minutes. Testing and isolations also had a quicker impact on the L strain, which seems to have receded faster from the South Korean clusters, thus keeping the fatality rates really low. In the previous episodes, I emphasized on the availability of vaccines faster to control the outbreak. Today it is confirmed that it will be early next year before we can have a vaccine, if at all. I never imagined the largest and strongest economy in the world will have a problem elsewhere. This is a problem of having enough masks and testing. The shortage of masks in the US hospitals has become a dire problem. And hospitals are being asked to wash the mask and reuse it. There is no convincing answer yet, on why U.S. rejected the World Health Organization's test for coronavirus and created their own blotched test after about a month's delay. Some experts say that the WHO test has a large number of false positives. We always aspire that testing to be 100% accurate. But in the early days when a virus genome is only recently revealed, Testing may not be very accurate. It is always good to have accurate results, but sometimes this testing will come out with false positives or false negatives. It is always good to have false positives rather than false negatives. False positives may confine some people unnecessarily in isolation, which could be a negative thing if the impacted people are doctors and healthcare workers. However, for the rest of the population, which is anyway under forced isolation today, it doesn't really change life in a major way. For some, it could be a boon even, as the quarantined people are not exposing themselves to risks of infection. And also a repeat test could be performed if we need more clarity of the situation. Having a test squeezed towards false positives is a conservative approach that could stop the spread of virus and create a situation that can bend the curve. Those tested positive can be quarantined and their contacts also tested and quarantined if the test come out positive. Also, random test could be extended to the whole population of the country. Having such results means that you are driving through this maze of coronavirus pandemic with headlights full on. Without this test you are driving in the darkness without any headlights. So instead of close downs and waiting up to 18 months for vaccines to make appearance there is a better way to get over the epidemic. Close downs will provide some breathing time and that breathing time will not be immediate but it will come only after about three to four weeks. Intense testing on the other hand may show a better way to control the pandemic. Intense testing may show a large number of cases in a country, and many countries are ashamed of this. They want to keep their numbers low. But it is not a real solution. Hospitals are going to be filled up, and people will know that something is happening in that country, however secretive that country may be. Leave alone the democratic countries, which are open and medias have access everywhere. Transparency, as in South Korea is the best policy to adopt whether you are a democratic society or a dictatorship let us see how the end game could go will it be better to go in the chinese way or the south korean way the chinese way of strict clampdown is not an effective option for many countries and also could be not an effective option for anyone in the long run moreover china had an head start with the clampdowns, which uh, started before the exponential growth was well underway. The outbreak, now we know as COVID 19, started almost at the same time in Wuhan and in Italy. But Italy became aware of it much later. The reason could be the large percentage of aged population that masked the situation from becoming apparent in Italy. So the clampdown of Lombardi region in North Italy. Is a case that could not succeed. And today, Italy has got the largest number of fatalities from COVID 19. Even if a turnaround becomes possible in the next days or weeks, it will be another few weeks before the situation gets stabilized and the number starts decreasing. By this time, the Italian economy will have a big impact. Also, the infection could make a comeback after the controls are relaxed. Some models suggest that there will be at least three waves of the pandemic in a few countries. By this time of a protracted war, with waves after waves of epidemic happening, the economy will be in shambles and the countries will lose its energy to fight. A general breakdown of the society may result and that will make everything impossible to control. Therefore, the Korean model offers an alternative A path which could be better in bringing out a long-term solution. Whatever we may think about COVID-19, it is apparent that this pandemic is going to change our lives forever. Testing and isolation will become a part of our lives. Current testing is slow and the results come in days. But we are seeing new tests being developed which reduces the time to about 45 minutes. Some companies have started to produce self-test kits which could be used by anyone in their home. Also testing could become cheaper and easier to administer just like an alcohol breath analyzer or even taking temperature. So with a push testing could become near instantaneous and could be done on a massive scale. For example there could be testings in airports where all the passengers could be scanned it could be available in movie halls or anywhere where people may gather. Testing and isolation is the only permanent way to take this pandemic into control. Isolation could also be streamlined with self-isolation, with an electronic monitoring if required. And such isolation is required for 95% of the population. Only about 5% may require hospitalization and very close monitoring by medical staff. With time, the L-strain could be easily weeded out by these measures, which means almost about 100% will have only mild symptoms and the coronavirus could be tamed like normal flu. Of course, our best laid plans can go every. This is a complex natural system that will hide many surprises. The virus could mutate and make the things difficult to handle but our 3 months experience in dealing with SARS-CoV-2 virus we know that it is mutating very slowly this could hold some hope for the development of vaccine as well moreover antiviral drugs could also become effective in the near future testing vaccination and drugs this is the way to go to bring this virus under control and this is the way we can do it without breaking the economy but this Should be only the beginning of having global standards and protocols for fighting future pandemics. We have seen one Celsius rise in temperatures, and this has caused the hell fires last year, and also fueled this pandemic in November, December last year. With increasing temperatures and deteriorating air quality, more could be in the making. When the next pandemic comes, we should not be left scrambling for haddock solutions and create a mess as we have done today. That is all we have for today. Please provide your comments and suggestions through email or through Reddit. Details are in the show notes. Also, please don't forget to subscribe, ResourceCast, in whatever platform you are listening. We will be back with more intensive discussions on another topic next week. Thank you. Goodbye.